appreciate that. Well, we've been in Matthew all this week. If you've been in the Community Bible Experience, and uh, we've passed the halfway point. We're just three weeks from being done with reading through the whole New Testament. And some of you, when you get done, might be the first time that you've ever read through the whole New Testament in your life. And so I'm hoping you're kind of excited about that. And so we have sure enjoyed uh, uh, reading about the church. We've talked about Paul, and we got through that in the first four weeks, and Luke and Acts and, and, the, and the letters from Paul. And, and now we're talking about how God's going to minister to his people, to the Jews. And so uh, we're in Matthew this morning, so let's all stand in honor of God's word. We're going to be in chapter 8, verses 28. And I preached from this not too long ago. And then, of course, this was in our reading this week, and it just really spoke to me again in a a different way. And so uh, I want to share with you that just a little bit this morning. Let's read together and prepare our hearts for the word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Okay, we're going to start reading with verses, verse 28, chapter 8 of Matthew. When he arrived on the other side in the region of Gadaranus, his two two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And you know, usually there's lots of Jesus words when, he, when it's the red words. And he only says one thing. He says one thing to drive out these demons. Go. One word go so they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water those tending the pigs ran off went into the town and reported all this including what had happened to the demon possessed man then the whole town went out to jesus and when they saw him they pleaded with him to leave their region let's pray lord this morning help us to want to get rid of the things in our life that are destructive And Father, I pray today that you would help us to identify the enemy in our life and to allow you to work in our life and remove him from the things that are destroying our lives. Father, I pray today that you would come with your Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would speak and show us these things today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When when I preached about this the last time, uh, it was in out of the other gospel that talks about this, and it talks about that the guy said, "Please let me come with you." The guy, one of the guys that got saved, says that uh, had the demons come out and says, "Let me come with you." And Jesus says, "No, I want you to stay here and minister to the people in this place." And these people were—you have to understand—they were pleading with Jesus to leave. That's how bad they didn't want to change. And Jesus told the guy to stay. And so in, in this, and so that's what I wanted to talk to you about then. But I wanted you to, to uh, this morning, it just felt like this is where God was leading me today. I want us to see that we truly have an enemy in our life. 
Satan is seeking to destroy us. We have a real enemy. And this morning, we need to understand that Satan is real, that he is a real enemy. And uh, if you look back in history, there's lots of times when uh, countries and maybe whole groups of people don't realize that they have an enemy. Back in uh, the days of World War I and World War II, uh, we had an enemy in the country of Germany. But no one wanted to say that they were our enemy. And Germany was allowed to grow and gain power and they started to destroy things and, and America didn't do anything because they wouldn't admit that they had an enemy. And by the time that America came around to the fact that they said, you know, really, these guys are really our enemy, it was almost too late. And so in our lives, sometimes all Satan wants to do is for us not to admit that we have an enemy trying to destroy us, for us to just go on and say, well, this is just the way things are and it's not really happening until it's too late. But I want you to know this morning, you have a real enemy. And most people don't want to admit that they have an enemy. I mean, how many people want to admit that there is something out there, that there is someone out there who seeks to destroy me? I mean, we all think, you know, I'm a pretty nice guy. Why would anybody want to destroy me? And we look at our little kids and we go, our little kids, they're, you know, they've got some moments, but they're good little kids. And why would anybody want to destroy? And we don't like to think about the fact that there is an enemy that who would take the, the least of the, the, of the babies that we have here this morning and seeks to destroy them. Satan seeks to destroy babies in their womb. Do you understand that? That's how evil he is. He doesn't care how old you are, how young you are. Satan seeks to destroy. That's all he wants to do. And he is always trying to destroy you. I want you to to imagine, and maybe you can kind of see how this is going uh, when I kind of give you this example. But imagine that you're trying to get your kids ready for school. And and those are days have gone by at our house, uh, but some of you are right in the thick of it right now. Or maybe you're trying to get your kids ready for church on Sunday morning. And that I think that's even harder because Satan sure don't want you to go to church. But think about it if you're going to school. And on Tuesday afternoons, we take the bus over there and we park the bus. And all these cars line up to come and pick up their kids. And, on, and in the mornings over there at our, at our house over there where we live, we see uh, the traffic come through and all these people come through and they have all these exasperated looks on their face. They're like, you know. And they got the kids in the back and you can see them. You know. Not always, but... I've seen, no. But anyway, I mean, but you see people and they come from the school and come by my house and they're just like. And think about this. If, if everything goes right and think about this, I know it's hard for you, some of you parents to imagine this, but imagine that you ask your child to get up and they do it. Imagine that they get up the very first time you ask them to get up. Oh, sweetie pie, time to go to school this morning. Hello, mother. I'm ready. What clothes would you like me to wear today? Now imagine that. Some of you are going, does these kids actually live? I mean, because I don't want to wear that. I don't. I've got your breakfast for you. Thank you, mother. It's just what I wanted. I'm going to eat it all. Now imagine that. And then this make-believe kid gets in your car 
and you drive to school and you don't have any stops or anything. I think, I mean, some of you have two or three kids that you have to do this every day. And even think about this, even on the best day, when, when the kids get up, they put their clothes on, they're not arguing, they're not fighting, they eat their breakfast, they get their lunch, they get all their homework together. You don't forget anything at your house. Even on your best day, when that kid gets out of the car, you go, on your best day, but now imagine this, if you have someone who is trying to be against you at every turn, who is out to make you your day miserable. Imagine if you had someone who was just out to ruin everything and put stuff in your kid's way and try to get your kid to sleep and try to get them to argue with you and try to get them to do this and try to get them to do that. And all of you are like, man, I live that every day. That is what Satan does. He is at every step of your life trying to destroy. He is there at every step. Now, on the best day, it's going to be hard, but some days it's terrible. And that's what Satan's trying to do to you every day, not just with your kids, but at work. Has anybody ever had somebody at work that's trying to undermine everything you do? See, I don't have a real job, so I don't know about that. But some of you probably have jobs where you work and people take the credit for something you did, you know. Or they're trying to undermine you. I mean, I see this on TV, but I, I mean, but the, the stuff like that happens. Or you have somebody that's just, no matter what happens at work, you know, let's all go do this. I don't know. I don't want, you know, there's always that. So every, every family has somebody like that or whatever. You know what I mean? But imagine that you have somebody that at every step is trying to, to, do, to, to keep you from getting the things done, what you need to do. And that is what's going on in your life. Now, if that person was like trying to, you know, the other day, has anybody ever had a flat tire? I mean, isn't that the most annoying thing in the world is a flat tire? The other day, me and Cindy were, were working out the house. I, I went outside, my truck tire's flat. Why is it flat? And so I tried to call my neighbors who I help at every time they ask, did they show up? No, no, they didn't show up. No help whatsoever. I'm just joking. No, they didn't show up, but they didn't, they couldn't. And so I got under my truck and it was one of them days when it was just starting to warm up and I had my jack and I put it underneath my truck and I put it on top of a block and I'm out there. Of course, them jacks ain't made to be worth nothing. And I just on and on. And look down there, it's just pushing the jack down in the yard, you know. And, and it's just like, and I'm just like, I've got stuff to do. And this is, this is keeping me from doing what I need to do. And that tire, flat tire reminds me of Satan that just comes in, just trying to mess up what you're trying to do. You got a good day going, and then all of a sudden I got a flat. And that's just what Satan does. You have a good day going, everything's going good, and then something. And Satan is out to do that at every turn with you. I'm telling you what, it's just by the grace of God we make it through most every day. God's looking out for us a lot of the time. I'm not kidding. He has to be. I had one day the other day every I mean I had about two days straight where I was hitting everything great and I was like what is going on but there's most of the days are not that way 
Most of the days I do something and it's just, and Satan comes in and messes things up. And that's what he seeks to do in your life. And that's what he seeks to do in others' life. And so if you had, if, if, if it was a person that you could see, if it was a real person that you could see and they were out in your yard putting, putting uh, nails in your tires or, or they were putting sugar in your gas tank or something like that to mess your car up, you'd have a restraining order against them, wouldn't you? If you knew who it was and you saw them, you'd call up the police and say, I need a restraining order on this person. But I want you to know right now, you have a real enemy who is worse than a nail in your tire and sugar in your gas tank. And we don't call on God to restrain him at all because we act like we don't even have an enemy. It'd be like, oh yeah, I see you out there messing with my car, but I'm just not going to worry about it. And we know, or, or I think we know, in my mind, I think we know that Satan is out to do these things, but we act like it's just the, the, the regular thing and, and it's happening to everybody else and everybody else has trouble with their kids and everybody else has trouble at work and everybody else has problems and everybody else is tempted by this and everybody else has these things and because it happens to everybody else I, I must just be dreaming this in my mind and so I'm just not going to worry about it I'm not going to worry that I have an enemy because it happens to everybody else and it's so it happens all the time so don't worry about it and we just don't think about having a real enemy but we really do and we have and most people just accept it as this is just normal but i don't know you need to understand that we have a real enemy and the problem is that people do not recognize him and they do not admit that we have an enemy and the second problem is we don't know our enemy we don't try to understand our enemy or think about how he works. So the first thing we need to do is to recognize and admit that we have an enemy. Your family has an enemy. Your marriage has an enemy. Your children has an enemy. Your family has an enemy. All of you have an enemy that is seeking to destroy you at every turn. And if he can't destroy you here, he'll try to destroy you there. And he doesn't care how it is or what it is. He doesn't take off for your birthday or Christmas. He is at every moment trying to think of another way that he can destroy you. And if he says, well, I can't get to destroy them there, I'm gonna, I'll just do this. And if that don't work, I'll just do something else. And he is relentless. Know that you have that enemy. Satan is real. Jesus talks about Satan. Jesus talks to Satan. And, 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 and he uh, is very real. In First Peter 5, 8, it says, The enemy, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Now, while you guys were all in here doing worship, I let a real live lion loose outside. Okay? Somebody's excited about that. Is he in the kids' department? I hope so. <laughs> Because I had one of those days this morning and I want my kids to get there. No. <laughs> but if, I, if, you, if you really believe that, and I should have had Tim come up with a sound effect. And when I said that, if you really believe that, you'd be going and finding a security guy and getting with that guy. If you really believed that there was a real live man-eating lion roaring around in here. A few years ago, we played like we had an invisible lion or a visible bear. Was it a a gorilla we believe we 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 may believe at bbs that we had an invisible gorilla and we had i remember we had mitch freeman in this in this football suit and he would be banging his head on the on the on a table like an invisible gorilla was hitting him like this and those kids were like 
it's real, you know. And we was like, no, we're just, we're just, I mean, they really, I mean, they understood what was going on. If I said we have a real man-eating lion loose, you would be a little bit disturbed about that. And you'd be like, where's he at? And I need to find somebody that's got me some protection and I'm going to get with them or I'm going to go out in my truck and get something to protect me with or whatever. I mean, you would be taking steps, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just sit here, oh, well, I hope everything goes all right. You know, I hope he comes in on that side and gets full before he gets over here. <laughs> you know, I don't have to outrun. I don't have to outrun the lion. I just got to outrun the fat man. You know, that's all I got to do. So, I mean, that's what you do. That's what we think. Well, I guess, it, you know, if he's loose, I guess, I guess if Satan's out there, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, I don't know what I can do. What? That's how we act. And that is, that is not, we have to recognize that we have a, a, an enemy and we have to admit that we have an enemy and we have to start doing things to counteract that. The second thing is we have to know our enemy. First of all, to know about Satan is you have to know that he is a liar. He cannot tell the truth. No matter what he does, he can't tell the truth. He, 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 he cannot do it. He always lies. Everything he says is a lie. The second thing is he's, he's a deceiver. And he mixes up a little bit of truth and a little bit of, uh, with a lie, which makes the whole thing a lie. But he always is a deceiver. And he, and he says this a lot. Did God really say... Am I really, does God really expect me to do that today? Or is that something, does God really, I mean, if you start thinking about that, I'm just going to tell you, most of the time that's Satan being deceptive to you. If you get to the point in your life and you're like, did God really say I wasn't supposed, if you're starting to make excuses, you're in trouble, okay? If, if you say, did God really say, it's probably the answer is yes, Okay, so keep that in mind because those are words that Satan uses. He is a deceiver. And the third thing is, is he seeks to destroy. Uh, these guys are here and these demons are inside these guys. And these demons are destroying their lives. These two guys that we're talking about here, they are destroying their lives. And that's all they do. And so they recognize Jesus. I think it's interesting that the demons recognize Jesus. Nobody else does, but the demons do. And the demons recognize him and they say, hey, wait a minute, dude. It's not the time for torment. Have you ever wondered how you could torment a demon? What would you do to torment a demon? What does a demon want to do all day long, 24-7? Just destroy. That's all he wants to do. He wakes up in the morning. What are you going to do today? I'm just going to destroy something. You know, why don't you, why don't you build something up? Nope, that wouldn't be fun. You know, Satan... When, when God comes and is able to torment the demons and they finally reach the end and they, and, they, and they go to the final torment, their torment will be they will not be able to destroy anything anymore. And they will be mad about that for all of eternity. There will not be anything left to destroy. They're going to put them in a place where there can be no destruction and there's just pain and suffering and there will not be anything left to destroy. And they will be as mad as they can be. Have you ever had a kid like that? All they want to do is destroy something. I've had cows like that. They was just, the only thing they wanted, if they could find, they would walk two miles to find a gate that they could tear up 
or tear up the barn or everything like that. Probably, they were probably demon-possessed. But they, they had these stuff. We had milk cows like that. I think every black and white cow is that way. But, but they, they just want to tear things up. And sometimes you have kids that way. And if you do, you need to kind of watch them because they're, that's, that's, they're, they're letting Satan have their way in, in their life. But, and that's the way we are. If we, if we find ourselves enjoying someone else's demise, something's wrong in our life. We live in a country that if something bad happens to somebody, you know, if somebody rich and, is, is, and doing well and all of a sudden something bad happens to them, we're like, well, they got theirs. That's not really a good way to be. We should never be happy about another person's demise. Does that make sense? And so, and so we have these demons, and all they want to do is destroy 24-7. The only thing that satisfies them is destruction. That's all they want to do, and that's all that satisfies them. And so this is where they are, and he's causing pain, and that's their enjoyment. Satan only gets joy out of other people's pain. That is a terrible livelihood, but that's his livelihood. So these demons are doing all this destruction, and that's what they do. And, and, and Jesus recognized it, and we need to recognize that and know our enemy. So they say to Jesus, if we can't, what they're saying here is, if we can't destroy this guy, let us go over there and destroy that guy's livelihood. If, we can't, if you're not going to let us destroy this man, let us go destroy those pigs. They're not asking to do anything different. They're just asking to keep doing the things that they're doing except at a different place. If we can't destroy here, let's go over here. Let us go over here and destroy. And so Jesus lets them do that. And I want you to understand, that is our enemy if he can't destroy one person in your family, he'll go to the next person. If he can't destroy that person, he'll go to the next person. And it's always, if he can't destroy your family, he'll go to someone close to you. If parents, listen, if he can't destroy you, he'll try to destroy you through your children. He does that. He does not care. He will find somebody close to you and try to destroy them. And it's, if I can't get them, then I move to the next thing. And that's what we see here in these guys. Know this about your enemy. Know your enemy. He is a destroyer, a destroyer, a destroyer. And what Satan wants us to do is to look around. And where these guys were... It, it obviously didn't even bother them so much that these guys were being destroyed by Satan. It, was just, it had become normal to them. And that's what Satan wants in our life, where we see people in pain, we see people in destruction, we see people with bad things going on in their life, and we just say, well, you know, that's just the way it is. Probably not going to ever work out. Ah, oh, they've got a bad marriage. Well, you know, a lot of people have bad marriages, so I guess, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, my kid's dealing with this and that, but, you know, boys will be boys. My boys are having this problem, you know, but, you know, that's the way boys are. And my daughter, she's dealing with this and that, but, you know, all the, all the, all the girls at school are dealing with the same thing, so, you know, girls will be girls. guess that's just the way it's going to be, you know. And, uh, you know, my, my kids want to watch this, but everybody else wants to watch it too, so, you know, I mean, I guess that's the way it is, so I just, I guess I'll let them do that because that's the way it is. And we don't recognize or identify or know who our enemy is and and we have to and I want you to understand that in this in this 
Jesus made it evident that the enemy was real to the people that were in that area. He proved that he had power over the enemy. Jesus has power over the enemy. The enemy has to do exactly what Jesus says to do. And the third thing is, he proved that the enemy sought to destroy them. He identified the enemy, he defined the enemy, and he defeated the enemy in this place. And what was the people's response? They pleaded with him to leave. They said, we don't, we don't want any of that here. There's two pleads in the scripture. The demons plead with Jesus to let them go to the pigs. The people plead with Jesus to leave them alone. I saw that and, and I'm, not telling, I'm not kidding you. It made a cold chill go up my back. And I thought sometimes we plead with Jesus just to leave us alone. I asked three boys to come help me this morning. I want you to come stand right here. And this is dangerous right here. And I want you all to stand up here at the front. Where are you going? Oh, I was aiming for the chair, but I missed you. Oh, Wyatt, you had one job. Just stand. Just stand. That's what I had. Okay. Now, I've got three boys, and they're all teenage boys, and all teenage boys pretty well have, I think... Satan uses the same things to try to destroy them, okay? And each one of them, put your arm up. Okay, put that under there. Satan seeks to get Dylan not to obey his parents. And he seeks to get Coy not to obey his parents. And he seeks to get Wyatt not to obey his parents. Because if he can get them to not obey his parents, it's going to destroy their lives. They're going to learn that they don't have to, uh, they don't have to under, come under authority, and that's going to make things really rough at home. And it's going to destroy their... Re- if, if you guys, and I'm not preaching to you, but if, since you're here, I'm going to tell you. If you won't obey your parents, it's going to destroy your relationship with your parents. And if, God, and if Satan can get them to destroy their relationship with their parents, it's going to go a long way towards destroying their life. If he can get them to destroy their relationship with their parents, with their relationship with authority, it's going to be real hard for them to work for somebody. Because somebody's going to say, okay, why you got to go to work today. And Wyatt goes, you know, nobody tells me what to do. Because <laughs> I don't come under authority to nobody. Well, that's going to be hard for Wyatt to get a job. That's going to destroy his life. He can't get a job because he won't come under authority. So Satan tries to get each one of these boys to disobey their parents. And it starts to destroy their life. Okay? I wrote some other things down. What did I write down? Satan, put that arrow back in there, ding-a-ling. He tries to get you to think about and watch things that you shouldn't. Listen to things that you shouldn't listen to. Satan seeks to destroy our children through the things that they watch, through the music that they listen to, through the games that they play, uh, and it will destroy them. Now, uh, there's, there's uh, some other things, especially with young boys. Lust. <laughs> Through the things they see. Ow. My hands are cold, aren't they? Woo-wee. He wants to destroy those boys through lust. The things that they see, the things that are on the internet for them to watch. And it can be, it might be some one other thing. Maybe it's drugs or alcohol. 
And all those things come in and they're destroying them. But you talk to the boys and what do they do? They look at each other, you know. They go, well, that's just normal. Everybody I hang around with, it all looks the same. It it can't, there's no way somebody can be trying to destroy me because everybody here looks exactly the same, don't they? They're dealing with the same thing, got the same arrows, trying to kill them in the same place. It's, that's just being a boy. That's just being a boy. That's what it is. And so when we look at the things that are destroying us and we look at other people, we say, well, so-and-so is dealing with the same thing. So it's just normal. It's just the way that it is. Now, let's just take Dylan. Dylan gets around, comes to church camp or something like that. And all of a sudden, God says, look, Dylan, these things here, they're destroying you, man. Dude, they're destroying you. This stuff's killing you. And all of a sudden, Dylan goes, yeah, you know, you're right. It's killing me. And so Jesus comes and takes those things that are destroying him out. And all of a sudden, Dylan looks a lot different than these two yahoos, doesn't he? So what's their response going to be? Coy said said it exactly. Coy looks at him and goes, get away from me. It's not the right answer. But he don't look the same anymore. And it's exactly what happens. Okay, I want to take your stuff away from you. You guys did a good job. Even you, Wyatt. Okay, you can sit down. Oh, wait. He'll tempt you to steal stuff that's not yours either. It'll ruin your life. And this is what happens. They, they feel like something's wrong. I mean, I feel like something's I mean, if you walked around like that in public and you had arrows sticking out of you, you'd be like, I think something's wrong, but I don't know. It just feels like something's wrong. But you look at everybody, well, everybody else has got arrows sticking out of them, so, so I guess it must be right. They feel like something's wrong. They come to church, they hear the word of God, and they say, I think something's wrong. And if God speaks to him, he'll say, something is wrong. You need to be different. But I look at everybody else, and, and, and this is the way, and that's what happened to this guy. And he said, I think something's wrong. And, and Jesus took out the thing that was destroying his life. And the other people looked at him and looked what Jesus did and said, get away from me. They pleaded with Jesus to leave him alone. I feel like sometimes that's the way we are. That we get to carrying these things so long that it feels so normal that we have a hard time admitting that something is definitely deadly wrong in our life. And we have things in our life, we have things that Satan has a hold in our life, and if you had five arrows sticking out of you, you would be dying. Do you understand that? If you got shot with three or four arrows, you would be dying. But it's hard. sometimes when it happens, we, we, we have a hard time admitting that it's killing us. And we have, admitting, have a hard time admitting that something's wrong. And then one day, it's too late and we're gone. And Satan has destroyed us. I want us to stand this morning. Lance, I want you to come. 
I had about six more pages of sermon this morning. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and sat down and started working on this. And God gave me this picture today. And he told me that would be enough. And so I'm going to go with him on that. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to be dead honest this morning. When I had these boys up here and talked about the things that were destroying them, you knew exactly in your mind and your heart what's in your life that's destroying you. But it's hard to admit because all the people you run around with and all the people that you know are struggling with the same things. And so we just act like it's normal and we don't really ever get any help because we just go along because everybody else is that way. And instead of asking God to come and take out the things that are destroying you, we say, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I don't want to change. I don't want to be different. I don't want to be what you want me to be. Will you just leave me alone? And this morning, I'm telling you right now, God's speaking to some hearts. He's speaking to some men. He's speaking to some women, some kids this morning. And you know exactly what's wrong and God wants to take it out and be done with. And you are sitting there in your pew saying, will you just leave me alone? Leave me alone. Can we not get the song sang? Can we not get the, the, let's get the altar service over with. Just leave me alone. And Jesus is pleading with you. Let me take what's wrong out. Let me take what's destroying you out and be done with it today. You know, you know, I know that God is dealing with people this morning. I knew that he would be today. And it's hard to get up and say, hey, there's something in my life that's destroying me and I want done with it. But do it today. Do it today. We're going to sing. If you need to come, if there's something in your life that you know needs to be taken out and you need Jesus to take it out and be done with it today, come. Don't leave with all the arrows in you. You walked in here with them. Walk out of here without them. We're going to sing. The altars are open. If you need to respond, you know it. Come. Come. If you need to, come as we sing.